0: Hi everyone. Before I start today's podcast, I would like to extend a massive thank you to the entire town for bringing us through a very tough week last week. The support has been unbelievable and I would just like to once again extend a massive thanks to everybody. And I'd like to dedicate this podcast to my nephew, John Chucky Dunn.
1: This podcast is brought to you by Midland Saxon Covers, Clara County Offaly. We make custom covers for any requirement or project. Screen printing service is also available. Find us at MidlandSaxonCovers.ie.
2: Broadcasting live from the little town of Clara, County Offaly. It's what's the story with Lloyd Bracken? Get in touch today through all our social channels and have your say. Oh, and thanks for listening. Now it's over to you, Lloyd. What's the story?
0: Hi everyone, welcome back to What's the Story with myself, Lloyd Bracken. Believe it or not, but this is episode 11 this week. Hope you're all in great form out there and thanks again for all the comments on the USA expat chat last week. I'll definitely do some more expat chats in a few weeks from different parts of the world and a great, great response to that, which is brilliant. Thank you very much. This week we're back in the comfort of the little town studio here in Raheen, and my next guest in the hot seat is a man from Brendan Street in Clara, a half Kenny man, actor, comedian lifeguard and an all-round great guy. It's a pleasure to introduce to you John Lowe. What's the story? Thank you very much, Lide. I thought
1: you were going to say it was your 13th episode. I was going to say (laughs) it a bit. Or should
0: should I say, what's the lowdown?
1: What's the lowdown, yeah. No, it's great to be here, Lide. It's great that that you invited me here. And I must say, it's it's a pleasure and a great honour for you to have me here. Right. <laughs> Just said Thanks, it, John. <laughs>
0: John, take us back. What's your earliest memories going up is in is Clara? Is there
1: television cameras on this now, like. Yeah. Can there, people see me? Yeah. Pe- I want to wave a few
0: people. <laughs> Signing autographs, so yeah, I'll tell yeah, you. Yeah,
1: yeah, I have some photographs done, Light. Like. Can I sell them here or would I have to? Are uh, they decent them? photographs? Oh, they are. They're very respectable. So they okay, yeah. that's all right. Okay, let's get into the interview. Like. <laughs> <laughs> your earliest memories, John, going up in Clara? Oh God, I suppose going to school like, you know um, Believe it or not, I loved school And my earliest recollections were The friends I had, the friends I made. I made a lot of friends when I was younger, like, you know, in the school I got very much involved in drama Well, right. not so much in drama, but being up on the stage Because I think the first time I was up on the stage was in the boys' school I was, asked to, uh, I was asked to present or MC a show. There was various different acts. There was a p- person playing an accordion, a person playing a ten whistle. Like, you know, It was a school concert. And I was asked to do that. And I always remember uh, the particular night that I was emceeing this particular show, I had a good friend by the name of Billy Rigney. He'd be uh, grandfather of Mary, Mary Flemons, Mary Rigney. I used to go down, I was serving Mass at the time, and I used to go down to the church and give him a hand out. He also worked in the library. He's the librarian. And what he was doing at the time, he was making a caravan for my sister Marion, and I used to go down and give him a hand. Uh, I know the night before the show was supposed to come on, he was my mum and dad invited him up to the house to have a chat and a cup of tea. And he brought up this large box... And Mammy Mom said, said to me, That's, uh, Billy's coming up to see you now for a cup of tea before we go to the show, and he has a big box for you. I was delighted, I didn't know what was in this big box. So he came in anyhow and gave me the big box, and I opened it, and there was another box in it. And I opened the next box, and there was a third box in it, and a fourth box, and it came down to a very minute, small box. And when I opened it, it was a watch. And that was the first wristwatch I ever had. I still have the watch at home, so I have it in a little box. So yeah. But it was amazing. And I remember going out on the stage that night to introduce the first act. And I intentionally pulled up my sleeve so that everyone, when I was holding the microphone, everyone could see the watch, you know. And it went to the stage that I was showing the watch watch, and I was missing the microphone <laughs> that I couldn't hear what I was saying, like, you know. So that was one of the best, the, the good things about when I was going to school. Like, not, you know? not
0: many people know that. Where you're from is actually Brendan Street.
1: Yes. Yeah, well, actually, I didn't work there all the time, like, you know, but... Uh, I call it Brendan Street Estate. But uh, originally we were up in High Tullamore, number 102 in High Tullamore. Yeah. And then we moved down in the middle of the factory, you could say. We lived across the road from the canteen. People said to me, how could you sleep in the mornings when the hooter went off, the big hooter, yeah. right across the road from us? We got used to it, like, you know, it was like anything. We, we got used to the noise. We acclimatised ourselves to it, like, you know. But, um, and then we moved up to um, where, where I'm now living, like, you know. My father was still working in the factory at the time, Tell us about your parents, John, while you're on that subject. My dad is a Clara man. He was born in the Terrace, I was. My mum, she came from Kilkenny, from John Street, 57 John Street, in Kilkenny. And my dad was in the army. He happened to meet my mother through the army. That's how they got together, right. basically, like, you know. But
0: that Kilkenny connection explained the Kilkenny hats then. that Absolutely,
1: people's. yeah, yeah. I do get a little bit of slagging <laughs> in the town <laughs> from Dasun Un Bagget and Catch Buckley and a few more races, Gully and a few more of them. But you wear it proudly, John. Oh yes, absolutely. Like, I haven't said that now. There was one, one, one particular era in my life that there was three flags actually outside. I had a Clackenny flag, I had a Dublin flag, and I had an Offaly flag. So to be sure, to be sure, like you know, you know, you you're, you're <laughs> going to lose, like you know. And mcferry would be going down to Mass of a Sunday morning, and he'd be looking at the three flags, and he'd say to him, "Who are you supporting today?" whoever wins, Mick. That's it. As simple as that lad. <laughs> you know. And your father was a medic in the army, is that right? That's correct, yeah. Yeah, like he was a medic in the medical corps, so he was. Now, I don't know much about that lie, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. I, I know he was. He was down in um, some part of Waterford or Wexford as well, and he was in Kilkenny.
0: Tell us about Marion, John.
1: Yeah, Marion, my one and only sister. Marion was a great character. Um, I, I think the, bit of the acting was in her blood, like, you know, because Marion was involved in a lot of shows, a lot of drama, a lot of plays, and the tops of the town as well. She's a bit mad like myself, so I was <laughs> like, you know. But she was a great character and unfortunately um, she went too soon in life, you know. But she was a good, great character. A great character. Where like, did you know. think he got
0: this acting from,
1: um, John? I'll tell you a story. The first time I ever had a drink, Lloyd was with my granddad. To call him Jack Lowe, as you know, but to call him the Monk Lowe. I don't know whether you've heard that or not, but oh. he was born in the terrace. But after school every day, my, mom, my mother used to collect me. She'd bring me down to the terrace. And one thing I used to love was rice pudding. And I used to get that every so often when I go down to the terrace. But one particular day, I went down after school with my mother. My mother said to me, "Yeah, John, you're to go into the room in there. Your grandfather's lying down. Now, little did I know, I thought he was only having a rest or something because I was young at the time, but apparently he was sick. He said to me, sit down there, Gosson, on the side of the bed. So I sat down and he was chatting me for a few minutes. I I always remember this. Now, I know I was quite young, but I do remember this. And uh, he said to me get down under the bed there now, Augustine and pull out that brown bag. And I pulled out a brown bag and there was a rattle in it anyhow. He said, open the bag. And I opened the bag and there was three bottles of Guinness in the bag. And I took out one and I handed it to him. And he took the, cop, the top off it and he said to me, take a swig out of that now, gussin." And I took a swig out age you,
0: didn't
1: I think it was about six or seven, like, now. I, <laughs> <that>, I think <laughs> that, like, like I was in the in the room on my own with my, my father, like, you know, or my a bigger part of my grandfather. And uh, I took a swig out of this. And it, it tasted terrible. I always remember that as well. But my grandfather said to me, "Now, if you're a lawyer, you'll drink them and you'll drink plenty of them. <laughs> and he wasn't wrong <laughs> <laughs> you know but like uh, no I took a good few speaks over so you started
0: late John did you six I did six yeah yeah, oh. yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah my grandfather was a great character so he was But uh, he
0: know. have that comedic side
1: yeah abso- apparently he did like you know now I didn't know him that well for that long life you know but uh, apparently it was in him so, so I, I reckon that's where it, where it came from you know what I mean
0: tell us about your school life we have leave insert results day to day what, what many pints would you have got
1: I would have got no pints in the leaving cert because I didn't do it later. Right. You no, know? I done the what well, was the intercert at the time I done that so I did I done fairly well so I was happy enough I done I tell you what I done well at light Irish I I always liked Irish I always had a graff for Irish I didn't want to be in school I had enough of school at this stage why was that John? I had I just had enough of it light I I felt that. I was doing nothing like, you know, there was a lot of my friends that were actually out of school and they were working. There was some of them working in Good Buddies, actually, you know. I said to myself, I want to be out there. And I, I, told my, I told my mother and father at the time that I wasn't happy and I didn't like school. One day I came home from school and my dad said to me, he brought me into Tullamore and he got me a job in Tullamore. And the first job I had in Tullamore Works, he was a good friend of the owner of Tullamore Works at the time. Ken Roberts was the man's name. And I was serving my time in a a diesel workshop, diesel mechanic and auto electrics. So I stuck at that for about two years. What was happening, like is that I don't know whether it was the work wasn't agreeing with me or the uh, the diesel wasn't agreeing with me, but I didn't like it either. You weren't drinking the diesel, John. <laughs> no, 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 I wasn't <laughs> gone that bad at that stage, like you know. It, I, d- I didn't like it either. Do you think there
0: was a play from your father to, to make you think that maybe school would have been a better I, option?
1: Yeah, I, I, I probably do. In latter years now, I probably did think that, like you know, because I had to realise that I had to go and do something because you're you're finished in school now. Like you had to cushy enough in school when you think about, it, like you know, everything was handed to you, but now you're out working and you have to be given. Something back to your mum and dad at the end of the day, like, yeah. you know, at the end of the week. I didn't like that. And uh, I left that and I got a job down that loan right. as a store man down that loan.
0: Was there ever any pressure to go into the army like your father? Oh,
1: Jesus, no, they wouldn't accept me in the army. Oh, no. Jesus, no way. Uh, no, uh, less dad's army or something like that. But <laughs> <laughs> definitely not the, the, the normal army. No, no, no. I, I always had ambitions like, I loved swimming the pond was at the back of our house. It was handy and it was a lovely spot for swimming like, you know, it was a great spot. I learned most of my swimming there. My Bracken. there was a few more of the guys Bracken. who was, uh, I think he done most of the training for me, he pushed me in a few times and <laughs> sink or swim, you know what I mean. It was a great thing then when the, that there was going to be a swimming pool in Clara, like you know, it was unheard of, like, you know, but it, it, was a, it was a great thing. You know, I went down to the pool a few times and I, I was fascinated because I had never been in a swimming pool before up to the time that the pool came to Clara, like, you know. I spent A lot of time down there in and out, and I got to know um, the manager there, Desmond Creary was his name. Now, your mother would know very well because your mother was one and was instrumental. Part so, of the, one of the members that was instrumental, yeah. and I suppose I should. Uh, if Kathleen, be, I'm sure Kathleen will be listening. To this, the pink bikini, Kathleen? And <laughs> Don't she won't tell me she, too much about. No, the I pink won't. I guy. know, but she knows <laughs> what I'm talking about. But like, uh, no, I, I got to know this man, uh, Des McCreary, He was from England, and at the time when the pool was opened initially, he was living in a caravan outside the pool, and I got to know him very well. And there was a few more members on the committee that I knew, Jimmy Roach, Benny, Lord the rest of them. There was the sergeant, Sergeant Halloran. He was there as well. Michael Henry White, was he was the chairman at the time. I remember one particular day going down to town and this car pulled up and this guy rolled down the window and he said to me, John, are you interested in a bit of work? And it was Benny Roach, Jimmy Roach. And I, I said to him, yeah, what kind of work is it? And I went in anyhow, and he brought me into the office, and he said to me, what I want you to do is to take in the clothes. You know, And I was thrilled with this. Brilliant. I, I got to know Des very well. And he started uh, training me in, in life-saving, different, different techniques. But I started doing training and done all my different grades and things like that. Was it and, easy to you, John? Did it come easy to you? <clears throat> it did, because I wasn't too bad at the swimming legs, you know. And I got doing part-time work in the pool. Help out at a swimming class, maybe. The lifeguard, the senior lifeguard that was there at that particular time was a guy with the name of... Pat McLaughlin, and uh, I worked with him a good bit of time. And again, he, like Des, he gave me a hand out with my life-saving skills and things like that. Pat decided to leave. I was offered the job as lifeguard, and I took the job. I was thrilled. Was that I, a big thing for you? Oh, it? absolutely. Like, you know, because I would be the first lifeguard from Clara that right. worked in the pool. You Went know. from
0: pick, taking in the bags...
1: Taking in the baskets at uh, or the, the bags at, at sometimes at hanging
0: back, handed back out the wrong ones.
1: Oh, absolutely! Like you know, maybe <laughs> if you some, didn't remember uh, your
0: number. Uh, and yeah. you taught a lot
1: of people how to swim absolutely, in Absolutely, yeah. Fierce lot classes and things like that. You, you know? worked with the uh, special needs
0: kids then, back yeah, a long the, time ago.
1: Yeah, yeah. The special needs were they were really special, and I mean that from the heart. My, that, my heart, like you know, um, it, it was great working with them, and the joy and the satisfaction that I got of. Even just floating, yeah. floating with two floats or two armbands on them. And, the, and they looked forward. I mean, their PAs and their assistants always said that they looked forward to that day. That's the one day of the week, the one hour in the week that they would look forward to, it, right. you know. Yeah, into you know? the water. And uh, y- you got personal satisfaction yourself as yeah, well. Absolutely, like, yeah.
0: Know? John, forgive me for this. A lot of people yeah, have well, said that
1: they couldn't swim after you taught them.
0: <laughs> because they were too busy laughing at
1: the jokes. yeah yeah I, I um look i, I didn't make the, the swimming serious- I meant it serious from the point of view of safety that you had to be safe, but look, you go to a class, I mean you're not going to stand over and start baiting them with a cane or something like that, like <laughs> swim across the to the, the far side of the pool here, keep your head down, you know, we had a banter, we had a crack, like you know what I mean. I think it makes learning easier.
0: How important is it
1: for kids nowadays, John, to learn oh, how to swim? I think it's a very important, like you, because like everyone should know how to swim. You know, I always maintained it should have been compulsory in the school. Now it was getting to the stage at one particular time, hopeful that it was going to be. Kind of a, a subject or part of the curriculum on the school thing, like you know. You also had some international <laughs> visitors
0: down in the pool at one stage, John, didn't you?
1: Geez, that's gone back a while now. Um, Tell us about that. Oh, don't mind me laughing. I know the end of this story. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Declan Cushions. One particular Sunday, he got in touch with me and he said to me, "John, would it be any chance of you doing from?" Four to six this evening, just, uh, I want to get away early. I said, yeah, no problem, Declan, I'll do it from four to six, because there'll be no one here, because there was too much activity going on around the town, like, you know. So I came down around, what, half past three, quarter floor uh, four, and brought the paper with me, and arrived in. Now, there was a lady working in the office, a wonderful, wonderful lady, Mrs. Flanagan. She used to take in, do the tickets and take in the baskets and things like that. So I, I said to Mrs. Flanagan, we won't be busy here. So I brought down my newspaper, and I was sitting there for about 20 minutes, no sign of anyone. Then all of a sudden uh, there was a bang on the window of the reception and I looked up and Mrs Flanagan gave me the two fingers. Now I don't mean it in the incorrect way. She gave me the two <laughs> fingers to say there was two people after coming in. So I went up to her anyhow and said, what's the story, Mrs La But uh, she said, there's two women after. going, went, ah, sure, it'll kill the hour for us anyhow. And I went back down and I was sitting down and I left down the newspaper because it wouldn't look good me reading the newspaper and two oh. customers coming in to have a look, have a swim. <laughs> All of a sudden then there was another ferocious bang on the window at the reception and I looked up and she called me up, she was flagging me up and I looked out and the row had uh, uh, bought them sh- into the shallow end and uh, the only difference I, I noticed was that we were naked. <laughs> So, um, Mrs Flanagan said, what are you going to do, John? What are you going to do? (laughs) Well, Mrs Flanagan, I'm going to carry out my duties as a lifeguard. I'm going to sit down, supervise them... And watch them and make sure they don't get into trouble. And I sat there for an hour and a half. It was the quickest hour and a half light that ever went, so it was.
0: I hope no one else came into the pool.
1: No, no, no. I wouldn't allow anyone else in that. (laughs) No, no. No, Going back to Mrs. Flanagan, as was a lady. She was like a mammy to me down there, like, you know. And there was another woman then across the road. She used to bring me over a mug of tea and brown bread, alien fallen in the terrace so there's things like that you yeah. do remember I remember uh, one particular Sunday morning this particular morning I was after being at 10 o'clock mass and I had a, a lovely blue suit on me this particular morning anyhow when I came in I had the pool open I had two or three people in and this gentleman came in and I knew his face but I didn't know who the man was now I'm not going to mention the man's name Lord, Lord be good to him he's dead and gone now but uh, I, I said to him says, I, uh, the shallow end's up to this side I just gave him direction oh, you're all right, I was swimming before you were born say that's fair enough thank you very much but I, st- I was still in my suit you know and um, <laughs> right. the phone rang and I was on the phone yeah and then there was a bang in the door John there's someone drowning in the deep end yeah I'll be out now in a second <laughs> now I thought this child was only messing with me like so but uh, but down the phone anyhow I went out anyhow here was this fella arms all over the place he was after jumping off the board into the deep end and I had to go straight in with the suit. I hadn't even my shoes and shoes off or anything like Fair that. Play, you know? you? he he was grand. He was fine. Anything that happened to my suit was uh, when it dried out. It was uh, a mile too short for me, <laughs> and I'm not too big, like you know. <laughs> so it looked like uh, the leprechauns were Foster and Alan or something like that. You know.
0: Fascinating insight there, John, to your uh, your saving <laughs> yeah, yeah. career. Now move on, John. Where do we start with your acting career?
1: <coughs> well, I suppose like uh, as I said there earlier to you, the. the Doing MC or Master Ceremonies for the the concert was the first thing I'd done, like, you know. But the first play I was in was in the boys' school, and I think it was Brother Charles that um, was our producer. I'm not sure now, I I could be wrong, I'm not sure. But uh, it was a play called Love and Acid Drops. Now, I was speaking to a, a guy this morning, a friend of mine this morning, Mickey Rickard. Mickey was a great character as well. Of course, Mickey was favorite, uh, famous for playing the part of the Artful Dodger right. in Oliver like you know. The the first play was Love and Acid Drops and uh, I got the part, I got a brilliant part of uh, being a solicitor. All I had was, I was on the stage for about, uh, I'd say the guts of 15 seconds and that was me finished. That was you know? your debut? Yeah, I, I always remember the lines that I got. I walked out, I had a briefcase, I had a suit on me and I stand and say, I am Augustus Joblet, of Joblet Joblet and Joblet solicitors. I believe there's a girl here by the name of Ivy Green. And your man bug up. She's not here now at the moment. Well when she returns, will you ask me to call to her off my office? As I have an urgent message for her. Good day. And that was it. And I got a round of applause for it. Brilliant. And I was delighted and I knew I had talent then. Was that the bug, John? That was the bug. I don't know <laughs> but that was the first one that was the first play. Um I done, yeah, and. Uh, so how can you remember them lines now? From I don't, that, that, and you can't uh, remember other lines. No, what are you trying to insinuate? Something like now? No, we'll we will nitty gritty Okay. No, it, it was something that's. I, I think I was. Tra- I trained for that, and it, my mother and father had me doing walking up and down in the room in the kitchen, like you know go out that door Daddy had said to me and come back come in again now and walk in straight this time and do it again oh, yeah. you know and put your chest out you know he thought I was going for an army job or something like right, that like right. you know yeah I did repeat a good shoot I don't know that's how it, how it nice um,
0: guidance from your parents wasn't it helping you out
1: ah yeah it was I think they were I hope they were any really proud of me like you know doing yeah, that like, of you know, your son was a star you know even yeah. if it was only a 15 second appearance like you
0: know <laughs> a lot of people seen you acting and stage but you also sang a few songs didn't you down through the years in different plays and My Fair Lady, you sang.
1: Who gave you all this information? Oh, I no, mean, they can't be giving away yeah, my, uh, yeah. Yeah, my, my uh, detail. <laughs> yeah, actually, um, I don't know how I got roped into My Fair Lady, but I did get roped into it, Anywho, and I, I, I played a character by the name of Alfred P. Doolittle. Now, Alfred P. Doolittle was a good part, and I had a two main songs. Uh, yeah, it was Richie, actually. Richie said, you have to sing two songs. <laughs> uh, I'm Getting Married in the Morning... And with a little bit of luck, and say, Richie, are you for real? Me sing? No, you'll you'll be trained. You'll be trained. Alan Alan will be Alan Rex will be there. Eleanor White was our musical director. So Ravina brought me down this particular night. We're after going through scenes and acts and movements and things like that, and my dialogue. So now it came to them the singing part. Ravina said, if you go into the tea room, this was the boys' school. Eleanor's there, and she'll go through the, the lyrics for you. So we went through the back. Now she said, come on out to the piano, and we'll put, put uh, the music. I'll give you a, t- a nod when to come in, yeah. and you come in. <laughs> no problem, Eleanor. Whenever you tell me to come in, I'll come in. And she gave me a key, and a, I'm getting married in the morning. Uh, John, can we stop there now for a second? Can you vary that tone a little bit? How do you mean, Eleanor? Can you go up, can you start a little bit more energetic and varied rather than just stay on the one level? I had not clue what she was talking about. Like. I had not a bloody clue what she was talking <laughs> about. Did you ever learn since then? No. no, I'll tell you what happened. Eleanor went to uh, to Ravina and she said, I, I, I'm sorry, uh, I, I'm giving up on John, I'm afraid. I can't get anything out of m- <laughs> musically or methodically. And uh, Alan uh, gave up on me as well. And so, okay, I knew, the, I knew the lines, I knew the lyrics off and everything like that. It so sounded grand
0: to me there, John. Did it? I, yeah, I would have given you the part.
1: Would you? Well, yeah. I got the part anyhow. All oh,
0: right. okay. <laughs> but
1: <laughs> <laughs> but um, Alan said, the best thing we can do now, this is a couple of nights before we went on, rather than you following the music, following us, we'll follow you. And there was a few more characters in it uh, one particular person that was in it was Kevin Fallon. Oh, Kevin Fallon, any, anyone that knew Kevin was a, was a character himself, like, you know. Yeah. He, he used to call me Stitch. <laughs> Stitch, Low. you know. He said to me, well, Stitch, we are doing the final rehearsal the night before the show, and Jesus, Kevin, I don't know whether I'm going to be able to do this singing or not. Ah, don't worry, don't worry, we'll sort it out tomorrow night, you'll be grand, you'll be grand. <laughs> And uh, that particular night when we came down for our first show we were in the tea room and we getting our makeup and everything like that and, and Kevin Kevin Covey Stitch come out here with me for a second. So without we the yard. And he gave me he took out this bottle. Now it is a mineral the last one of these last mineral bottles, lemonade bottles. Take a swiggo with that. I took a swiggo and and took another swiggle. But now like, I went out on the stage and I could conduct the orchestra <laughs> if I wanted to like you know. <laughs> you know, so we're all okay, but we're grand, like, you know. But um But I I discovered afterwards that this uh, bottle that Kevin gave me was actually something that I used for rubbing grey, rubbing on greyhounds before a race or something. Now I don't know what kind of a concoction anyone that have been into greyhounds. Now would probably know what I was drinking. I had in a dream. So you ran out the stage. I ran out on the stage, and yeah, you know, I, I don't think I wanted to get off the stage. I wanted to stay on, like you know. But like it was characters like that. Hubert Hackett was in it as well. Uh, Johnny Dwyer was in it. Margaret Fleming Lord would be good for recently yeah. deceased, uh, and Angela Sheridan was in it as well. Uh, great crew, like you know. And it was brilliant. It was brilliant. Yeah. I'm going
0: to take a little message from. One of your acting friends we'll see if you can figure out who it is
3: thanks Lloyd for um, giving me the chance to say something about John John Lowe is a, a legend of the Clara stage he has great stage presence and is one of those very naturally talented people who can just walk on stage and have the audience in a palm in their hand great comic timing and he knows how to use it to great effect I first tread the boards with John back in 1991 my first time on stage he paid a priest in that Clara production in the old parochial hall. We went on then to do a few sketches for the tops of the towns. I had the great honor and privilege of sharing the stage with that great comic duo of John Lowe and Richie Rex. These two guys had a very special magic between them. Uh, How should I say this? Memorizing dialogue was challenging for them, but they made up for that through fluent improvisation. When sharing the stage with these two, you had to be on the ball. You never knew when one of them was going to have a new idea and just drop it in they were so in tune they could just go with the flow improv at its best but terrifying and exhilarating at the same time. Non-dialogue is what makes comic moments great, and these guys were masters at it. A pause, a glance, the facial expression would have the audience in roars of laughter. I had some great memorable moments. Uh, Cut out the middleman, the guard, Murphy, Murphy. That was a sketch where uh, we were doing for tops when I was a guard and John was a priest. We were trying to talk a guy, Richie, out of a building. I had a loud hailer, and I, I would hand it to John to shout through he was meant to talk, talk through the wrong end. And I would say, no, the other way he'd look at it, turn it around and carry on. But one night when I looked back, he had decided to turn himself around and face into the wings. The audience were in roars of laughter. And I was literally biting me tongue to keep a straight face. It was so spontaneously funny. I thought I was going to lose it. It it, it may not sound funny now, but it was the way it was performed. John, naturally knew how to time it add the expressions to make it work just showing a great depth of understanding of the piece and 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 how to feed off the audience best of luck john hope you have a lovely chat there with Lloyd this evening
1: that's the brilliant Aiden Dygan <laughs> yeah, or Dougsy Dugsy, yeah, Dougsy, Another great actor himself. Absolutely anyway. brilliant. And lot uh, bringing back, thanks Dougsy Doug, for all the lovely comments and absolutely brilliant producer himself. Really? Uh, but uh, you know, that's going back to Cork. Um, that was a simple sketch, so it was. It's very simple. Dougsy was out on the stage first, like you know, and he was dealing in the middle of the stage with uh, a loud hearer in a garden. I you remember know? it well. Yes, of course you do, Yeah. yeah. It was so simple, like, you know, um, uh, we use the bar, here, have a break, have a Kit Kat, like yeah. there. Was it the simple things that made it... Uh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. like. there Again, I must compliment Dougsy as well, because Dougsy's after doing these... Um, the Nativity uh, pr- uh, plays in the green field absolutely, for the last few years, and they are yeah. so brilliant very like, you know, and yeah. very emotional, absolutely, you know, yes. because and people very, people were very respectful. You really uh, get into it, would not you? Oh, absolutely! Like I mean, I, I was doing the part of a soldier. Someone said to me, "What are they putting you in? Are they a gangster or what?" No, say I'm a soldier. So, oh Lord, so people commented on it how so respectful it was, how so respectful the people that were doing the characterizations. Would you like to hear
0: from an, another actor friend? Of yours? Yeah, I don't mind. I thank you.
4: Long ago, up to the girls' school, I had to go to join in the rehearsals with the great John Lowe. Hi, to John, my thespian friend. My earliest memory on stage with John was doing a sketch in Tops of the Town. There were four characters John, Richie Rex, Frank Nicholson and myself. Rehearsals had gone okay, but we were quite confident we would excel for our first performance the following week. But what John and Richie didn't know was that Frank had said to me in a quiet corner in the hall, Jackie, I'm going to learn Richie's lines also, just in case he forgets some of his dialogue. So uh, I got the feeling from Frank that I should learn John's lines and I agreed to do the same then with John. So the night of the performance came and all was going well and lo and behold, here I am looking at John and waiting for my cue and he says absolutely nothing. I knew then that he had forgotten his lines. And he just turned around and looked out at the audience and of course with his excellent facial expressions had them all laughing. But this gave me time to think and I ended up giving him his cue to give me my cue so I could give the said cue to Richie and Frank. I've always enjoyed the stage with John and as I said his facial expressions was excellent. And his timing was always superb. Hopefully, in the future, we can return to drama and once again perform with the theatrical John Lowe.
0: Nice words there, John, from
4: Jackie oh, kennedy
1: Gordy. Jackie, you <laughs> needn't butter. I won't be calling to the stall on Friday to get me do my lottery. I'll get a more lottery or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jackie's brilliant. Jackie, I love... There's only, there's only three people that I, I could act with and not be worried about, that, that they wouldn't be able to come back to me. Uh, Richie was one. Jackie was the second person. And uh, the third person was Claire Flattery.
0: Do you miss uh, you it, John? Do you miss the stage?
1: I do, yeah. Like, the last performance we've done, or the last gig, is that what you call it? Yeah, the yeah. last gig I've done now was, what, two years ago, and it was absolutely brilliant. Clare is uh, football. We're going to do the Eurovision in the Court Hotel. Valerie Rooney was uh, in charge of it, so she was and Santa Rock. We'll do, we're going to do Father Ted. So we decided to make it into a scene, a Father Ted scene. Okay, so we had Eamon as Father, um, Father Jack. <laughs> and we brought him in a wheelchair. Father Connor was on first looking around for me, for Dougal. He was doing Father Ted, and I was Dougal. But he was looking for Dougal before he could sing this song, and he couldn't find one. He went off stage, and all of a sudden the music for Father Ted comes up, and in the middle of the hall then Eamon starts roaring out, drink, drink, drink! And people didn't know what was going on, and he pulled up people going up through the middle of the aisle, like, you know, until we got up onto the stage. But we we created a story, so we did, and it went down a bomb, like, you know, and that was a great night, a great pleasure It you was know. good fun. It was great fun, like, you know, and Father Connor was so committed to that, to doing that. We'd done a lot of rehearsals. Father Connor was so committed to that, that that particular morning, or that particular day, like, he had to go up to Dublin to a funeral. A friend, of, a friend of his had died, and he was going up to the funeral. He wasn't officiating that had or anything. Just as a friend, to rush back from Dublin, and he got back around quarter past five. I thought Barry Barry Flynn was going to swing for us, like you know, <laughs> he was anxious to get it finished up as well, like you know. And there's another thing now. Now that you mentioned Barry Flynn. <laughs> <laughs> I started him off when I think about it there you go I know Barry you know, Heard yeah, of course yeah. anything that he knows now I, I, I told him <laughs> like you know, because do you remember the Queen of the Heather Festival I
0: do very well Yes, the Queen of the Heather Macie Fest- Scully
1: was instrumental
0: that, that's right instrumental yes, in that. yes absolutely
1: yeah. but uh, the Queen of the Heather Festival when that started uh, we had Clara Community Radio at the back of Rex's Derek or Alan or someone who set it up and there was three DJs there was myself Barry Flynn and in I think it was an old porter Cabin. It wasn't Barry Flynn. Yeah, you were listening to J Lo on the J Lo show. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, and look where I am. Look where Barry is. The world is
0: badly divided. Oh, absolutely,
1: absolutely, absolutely. Tell us
0: about um, Foster and Allen in the Mill House. You told oh, me that years ago yeah. story.
1: Yeah, that's a lovely story, Lloyd. Yeah, I'm glad you brought me back to that now because um, I actually, b- before that, uh, I knew Mick Foster. I had taught Mick Foster, well, I had tried to teach him how to swim. I got to know him down in Mullingar. I was working in Mullingar at the time. I knew his wife, Sheila, at the time. They had brought out a new single called A uh, Bunch of Time." They were performing down in the Mill House. and now my mum, my mother loved uh, uh, Foster and Allen. I would have loved to bring her down to it, but she wasn't, I'm afraid, she wasn't able to go down to it. But I went down to it anyhow. I met Mick at, at the interval. I, w- I went inside and, and I went in anyhow and said, how are you, Mick? Oh, Jesus, young law, how are you keeping? How's it going? Jesus, sir, I forgot you were a Clara, man. That's right, yeah. And so I was chatting him for a while and I was explaining to him about, uh, uh, about my mum like that. She, but she, she'd love loved to come down. And he said to me, do you live far away? I oh, so I knew about a mile up the road. He said, that." Uh, you go on home and see if your mother's still up and we'll be up, we'll find our way up there. i got get one of the young lads to come up or one of the boys to come up with me. I went back, went home and 11, half 11 or something like that. And the, I didn't say anything to mum, Said there's someone coming to see you and knocking the door and fast. The boys still were in their unit their leprechaun uh, outfit. That was a kid. huge treat for your mum. Oh, man. she was thrilled. She was thrilled like, you know, uh, and she couldn't get over it like, you know, and the boy's dead for about 20 minutes, you know, and really? Mick brought in, the, or uh, Tom brought in the guitar with him fantastic and I started singing a bit of the song like you know I that's it, a lovely like, story isn't yeah yeah yeah, isn't it?
0: yeah yeah. John you also did some shows in the millhouse the mime shows oh uh, uh,
1: yeah yeah jeez they were great like. now I don't you probably don't you're probably a bit too young to remember them but like it was both I think Martin Devine and uh, Joe Keyes and uh, Tom Devine was in it myself but there were mime shows, and we'd done different different characters. Like you know, we'd done the Fury Brothers. It was, it's like the modern day lipstick yeah. now, you know. But they we're just miming it. Like you know, we didn't even know there were. Were Matt Fleming was in Matt Big Matt. He was in playing a guitar, and he had there was no strings on the guitars, so and it wasn't like you know. <laughs> we used to cram the place in. Cram it every uh, Monday night. Now, Danny, you tell you about that. You know, it'd be yeah. it was amazing sort it of. It's such a simple thing. Like people loved it. People right. really, really loved it. Was there other shows then in, in Michael Egan's as well? Well, tops done it. We we done a few shows up there and got to take a drink of water, light. That's all right, oh, sorry, John. It's only water. Do you want to sing a song or anything <laughs> there? <that way? laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, we done a few. I remember one particular show we done. I don't know whether you ever heard the term and Tony Fagan now could relate to this or scoochy Record. Uh, it's in the box. Myself and Richie, I was a, mop, a puppet in a box. And Richie was a ventriloquist. He'd get you out of the box. And that's how the box... But we had a, a good few shows up in Michael Egan's, all right, like, you know, and it, it was... It, again, that was grand because you had the facilities there as well. You had the hall, and you had the bar, and all course, that kind of you know. thing, you know. And you were keep supporting the local businesses as well. John, did you have any rituals before you went on stage or anything? Uh, uh, I'll tell you what I used to do, and a lot of people yeah, I'd have a couple of pints. Not <laughs> <laughs> then, rich was <laughs> No. Actually I will tell you what I used to do and well Richie probably knows more so than Ravina because Ravina be getting everyone organised before we go on, like you know, but about about five, ten minutes before I go on, I always have to do it. Even the night now we were doing the show in Tullamore uh, I said to Connor uh, Father Connor that's uh, I'm going out for a few minutes You're going out for a half one now, he said to me. No, sir, I'm not going out for a half one. I walk I pace up and down for about five minutes. I don't know why it is it, it, it gives me some kind of relaxation or something like that. Or just eases to get out Yeah, you know. No. Now, I wouldn't be nervous going out like you know, because... Uh, but it's just it's some kind of uh, an exercise to keep you relaxed or something like that, you know. You are in a few films as well. Now, the, the first one I was in was with Declan Tell us about the ones we can talk about. All right, okay. <laughs> the the first one I was in uh, was with Declan Rex and we met it over in the mill. I, I don't know, I, I've i never seen it in years. year, I haven't seen it in years. It was Declan producer. Declan. Now, Vinnie Flanagan was in it, myself. There was a guy that went on to RTE, he was a presenter on RTE, I think he's Brian Redden was his name. Yeah, now, Declan Rex will be able to tell you more about that. We'd done it in the mill house and I always, what it was, was I was running in the, the railway line towards the mill house and uh, someone shoots me and I get wounded and I get badly shot and I'm pictured in a, a wall bleeding and then it reverts to down to Rex's workshop down at the back. There's a scene there with a mirror, and there's an image of me. Now, don't ask me the, the storyline because oh. I don't. That was the first one.
0: You got killed off fairly quick. Though, I did. It? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. People said it was a good idea. So, <laughs> like, you know, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that was the my first experience of a film. Like you know, but um, there a couple of years ago. Well, let's say about what eight, ten years ago. There was a guy I got to know down in the resource center. He came and done a few workshops. Drama workshops with his Michael Bowler was his name. He phoned me one day and he said to me, John, um, I have a script. He said, this is for a film. The name of the film was It Hungers. Now, it took us about six months to make. We filmed in Kennedy Castle, the grounds of Kennedy Castle. Uh, We were up the Sleed Blue Mountains. We were out at the outskirts of Tullamore and Clara. We, we got the film meta after about six months, like, and uh, we put into the uh, Galway Film Festival. We got, I think we get, we came four, third or or out of what I think there was about ten or twelve films, right. so it was a bit of recognition, anyhow. You know what I mean? But um, I remember one particular night, uh, the cast, one of the cast members, we were doing a night scene. And we had to cross this wooden bridge. Now it was a gory film, you know, and right. the, the scene, most of the scenes I was playing I had I had blood on some part of my body or I was covered in blood in some other parts. This particular night, one of the guys had to go across this bridge over to him. and he was going we were going through the scene anyhow, and the next minute he disappeared halfway across the bridge, one of the boards had collapsed and he fell into the drain. This was around half one, two o'clock in the morning. So we got down to the bottom of the, the drain and he was badly messed up, so he he couldn't move or anything. So we had to cancel the filament and get him back to Tullamore. So uh, Michael Bowler drove his car uh, and it was myself and another guy and the injured party in the back because we were supporting him as much as we could until we got him to the hospital. So we got him to the emergency, we brought him in and uh, this nurse came out and she said, oh my God. So myself and this other guy were holding your man that was injured. And of course I forgot that we were all blood as well. So two other another nurse came out and took the injured guy, the the, the center guy, because the scene was holding him up. And then she said to me, You go over there and sit down. And they all thought that we were all injured as well. Right. Yeah. I could see how they made that mistake. <laughs> 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 but I had, Michael Michael Bowler came in then, the producer excuse me, came in himself and he explained to the nurse the, the, there's two guys there. There's nothing wrong with them. Nice. They're all blood. No, we're making a film. But the guy that is bad is bad, really bad. Like you know. But I remember going home that morning to my wife, and I forgot about the bloody the the blood still on me. You know. And this is around half seven in the morning. My wife's still in bed, and uh, I just went in into the room. And said, I'm home, mares, and I forgot to take off the blood, and she nearly had a, a, a stroke in the bed. See, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> oh my poor John <laughs> you know, No she didn't say that <laughs> John would you like to have been a
0: full time actor
1: I, I think I got the opportunity we, I was with Brother Charles Mickey Ricker and myself we'd we done a film or I beg your pardon we'd done um, a play called Wigs on the Green it was a Midlands Drama Festival and we got to the, the Midland Drama Festival we were down in uh, in Forban. We won, won it. We won the overall award. I'm not, not blowing me trumpet, but I won Best Actor award as well. Fantastic. The adjudicator, I vaguely remember it, Late like, the adjudicator on that night was involved with the Abbey School of Acting. Brother Charles called me and said, this lady wants to have a word with. No, he introduced me to her and all that. And she said to me, look, there is um, an opening for you, if you wish. There is a course for about a year and involves staying in Dublin, the Abbey School of Acting." Right. Would you be interested? I'd have to talk to my parents and all that and all the rest. I wasn't really interested, like to be quite a honest. Different way. time of your life. Uh, right? uh, it's not that it was a different. I liked acting, but I wasn't going to take it that serious. Right. I, I didn't want to go into a professional thing to say. Well, look, I'm going to, to make my living now. I have to go up and act at town on stage. It
0: was a fun thing for you. It
1: was it? a fun. I enjoyed, it, like you know. I think you would have met a great Liam Neeson, John. Liam Neeson. Yeah,
0: I think so, John. You know, remember that uh, movie Taken when he takes that famous call. Ever hear that, John? I did, yeah, yeah. I can, I can hear John Lowe saying that over the phone. You know, Actually, I think I have the audition script here, John. I'm going to put you on the spot, all right? Yeah. Okay. So here's John Lowe from the film Taken, your, your audition for Taken, John.
1: Are you ready? I don't know what you want. If you're looking for ransom, I can tell you I don't have any money. But what I do have are a very rare particular set of skills. Skills I have acquired over a very long career. Skills that make a nightmare for people like you. If you let my daughter go now, that will be the end of it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. <laughs> Get out of that garden, will you? (laughs) That sounds like uh, send up the crane slamming and Ray Cronin with a couple of jars. Brilliant, John.
0: Liam Neeson, how do you... Classic, John. Brilliant. Do you know what, John? I made you a a little trailer, a movie trailer. I think a guy like you deserves... A trailer to go where? A movie trailer. Where is it? Well, yeah, you put your movies in it and you bring them to the door. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Have a listen to this, John. Uh Mm Okay. There's only one man that can save the world. One man with one desire. It's John Lowe. He doesn't know where you are, and he won't find you, but he'll do his best. Detective John Lowe and cinemas now. (laughs) That was your movie trailer now.
1: I think that? I don't know what to say. No, to you like. have your own movie trailer John. There's not too many has that. I could be arrested after leaving this studio here to see so <laughs> We did uh, we ch- we chatted me. a
0: lot about the tops of the town with with a few you yeah. know. So briefly I suppose tell us your your relationship with Richie that that was special. Very special yeah, the, yeah. The, the comic timing the, the body language he had and everything. Tell yeah. us a little bit about Richie
1: and your yeah. I, I, you know, I you'd imagine us um, people often said to me, "You must have done a lot of training together." You know, you, you were so natural, but we didn't. You know, I mean, we we just happened to meet together. Most of the training I'd done with Richie, we'd done as um, like Richie had said to me. Ah, look, we we leave that whole the script and say what about Ravina? Don't worry about Ravina. I will handle Ravina. We'd go by the script when we were doing rehearsals and to keep Ravina happy. But as soon as we go out on the stage, especially if it's just the two of us together, we change them around. like Rogue, you know, Rogues. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If we were doing um, a top show and we had a lot of sketches to do, rather than doing them down in the hall, like uh, we decided, Richie said, look, can we do them down down in the... Richie had a workshop down at the back of the shop, as you know. So I thought it was a good idea and we decided to do that. But, like, it worked for us. I don't know, I go on very well with Richie, you know. um, He's a great character, like, you know. We often done a fierce fiercely looking at one another for some of the slips. But, like, no, we never worried about messing ourselves up or anything or missing our cue. We had it covered. We had it covered, like, you know.
0: Well, we'll take, take us back here. We'll have a little listen to yourself and Richie in action.
1: Thank goodness we can relax for a half an hour. Yeah, I dreamt about you last night.
2: Did you? Well, did you?
1: No, you wouldn't let me.
2: <laughs> I don't look 35, do I?
1: No, honey, more you don't.
4: <laughs> the angel Gabriel told me I had the face of a 16-year-old. Well, you ought to give it back. You're getting it all wrinkled.
1: <laughs> Morning, Liz. Is the bus gone, Maggie? No, not yet. Oh, thanks to the God at I was it. I'm on my way to the clinic. Oh. Listen, I can only tell you this once. My Pete suffers from alcoholic constipation.
2: Alcoholic constipation.
1: Yeah, he can't pass a pub.
4: <laughs>
1: I thought you could get a pill for constipation. Ah, no use. The doctor prescribed them for me once. I want you to insert one a day in the rectum, to see. In the what? The back passage, he explained. Oh. Well, I tried inserting one of those pills in the back passage. No good. So I tried it in the kitchen. <laughs> even on the veranda now for all the bloody good it did I might as well have stuck them ah, up here ah, 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 ah. <laughs> nice little bits there John yeah, yeah that, that was brilliant and Dogsy again but, we have a little know.
0: message here from Rafina Lloyd what do you say about John Lowe John was a pleasure to work with always turning up for rehearsals between himself and Richie Rex there'd be lots of laughs and I'm sure there were more lines added by the time a rehearsal was over. <laughs> uh, he loved the stage, and his comic timing was excellent. We should see more of him. Stay safe, John, and keep on laughing. That's from Ravina. Ah, great,
1: great stuff, Ravina. Yeah, I was speaking to Ravina there less than that from last Yeah, great, great, great. She had great talent, she was gifted, gifted I always maintain that, like, you know, she could get the be- best out of anyone, like, you know, yeah. and she could see quality or she could see talent, like, you know, what she seen in me, I haven't a clue, but, uh. John, the
0: homecoming, <coughs> I, I remember being at the homecoming, oh, yeah. but you, you were very late at right?
1: We were, because, Jesus, we stopped in a fierce lot places, like, like, I think we put on the show two or three times on the way home from Cork, like, you know, I know we stopped in Dorough, we had a few Minerals, we got on the bus again, and we stopped in Abbey League's Piano there, and Tommy's Gannon and the gang out. Sure, uh, and, and people recognise us oh, have We seen you on the night before, like you know. When we got back to Clara, my my God, you'd swear we were after winning it. You know, the, yeah. the band was out. The Harp and Shamrock band was out. Uh, it was a lovely evening, and uh, the reception we got was unreal. Like you know, it it perked us up and made us feel so good. Like, and I remember when I got off the bus in the square, the, the first person that came over to hold me was Marion you know yeah. and um, uh it was a nice moment it was a nice moment like you know but uh but the celebrations went on for a it's, it's lucky we didn't win it, like, you know, we might be around now today, like, you know, what it's something I'll always remember, like, you know, um, it's not the fact that we got the television, it's the fact that we got to
2: the final.
0: John, we're going to hear another piece of audio from another friend of yours.
1: Okay.
2: Hi, John, it's great to know that you're on with Clyde tonight, and delighted <laughs> that you're able to do it, because you were an outstanding man. Thanks down through the years for all the great work you've done, and acting with the parades. It was really a treat, and you know, there was a couple of friends of mine down from Dublin, and the said you were only wasting your time you should be in Hollywood it's great the way you, the late Jimmy Rabbit you brought Jimmy out with the hands up and the great crack and a much the whole crowd enjoyed it and of course the great throng with the westerns and that and then you had Freddie Mercury yourself and uh, Jennifer Dunn anything you done John you were top class I know you went through your your sadness though in losing Mary and just like yourself loving Mary I was this very same with her because she was a pure lady and she's still looking over you very best of luck John give it hell tonight your in line and Barry would say what can I do what can I say but you're a great one John God bless you
1: Bertie thanks thanks a lot mine. That's, that's nice very nice to hear yeah yeah Bertie um Bertie was very good friends, and, and I remember... Um, this was the acting during the parades. Absolutely, the, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We Branding done. Uh, Gen- he, she, he mentioned uh, Jennifer Dunn there. Yeah, that was a that was a good one, that we done Barcelona with Freddie Mercury and me, and Jennifer, like, you know, we'd done a first hour rehearsing up at the house for that. What about shooting... Oh, um, uh, 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 right. like, yeah, course, yeah, know? Lord be good to him. Yeah, I actually was, I was just talking about it the other day. Yeah, it was a shootout scene we'd done in, in the square, and... Uh, Catch was my rival. I was, I was a cowboy, and he was in. we were two cowboys, I think. Uh, got his guns now. We never had used them before, and even up to doing rehearsals or anything, we hadn't used them. Like you know, the freaking gun wouldn't go off for me the, the first time I went to do the shootout in the square, anyhow. And, and we'd done the shootout, and I shot Catch down, and he was still a little bit alive. So I walked over in my John Wayne walk. I put the gun to the side of the head, not pointing it at his face or anything like that, but just to the side, onto the ground, and I shot, shot him to make sure he went limp on the ground. So I met him the next day, in, in, or maybe two, yeah, the next day in um, in Dermakenny's. He was up getting the paper up at one end, and I was down near the sweet end, and I just shouted, well catch, that went well yesterday. And he just looked at me, and and I looked at... What'd you think he yesterday catch? And he still didn't respond to me, lad. And say, like, what the hell did I say something wrong to him or do something to him? So I went up to him anyhow and I said, What'd you think he yesterday? Feck you anyhow, says he, looked diff different this here since you shoot, shoot that gun at me. I, I couldn't hear a thing for for the whole evening. So, but uh, the problem Barry Flynn and Bertie had with me is I wouldn't listen to the directions. Like you know, if they told me to go up the, up the street, I would go down the street. You know. And Barry said I give up on him. You know, let him do his own thing because he's not going to listen to it. You know. But yeah, Bertie mentioned your your head wife Mary John. Yeah. You know, where did you meet? I was unemployed at the time, lad, and um, I love. I wanted something to do. Tommy Dolan was alive at the time Lord be good to him and uh, I went down to him and I said to him you're on the educational board and in the County Council is there any can you see in Tullamore if there's any Irish courses go Brought into the VC offices and I met this lady by the name of Mairead Wren she was the chief officer and she said would you go back to school <laughs> and I, I laughed. It. No, 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 no. Say no, no, no. Thank you. Listen, go back for a while and see what you think of it. That yeah. was
0: a big thing. to Go back, wasn't
1: it? It, it was. I didn't. I, I didn't think of it that way, Lydia. Yeah. It was something to do. First oh, yeah. of all, like, I was nervous about lider. I remember the first morning I went for the bus that morning and I didn't know absolutely no, no one and I was standing there and admitted it was very nerve wracking like you know the, the fact that you were going back to school and the fact that she didn't know anyone but this lady came over to me then and she said to me is this your first day?" so yeah she said I experienced that about a month ago it was very hard she said stay with me in the bus and you'll be a grand and this was Mary at the time and I, I got to know her and we used to sit in the bus together and we do their homework together in the school and things like that. So that was the
0: start of a beautiful yeah, relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you get married long after that,
1: John? Uh, I think it was about, what, nine, ten years before we got married, like, you know. Right. We were together for a good while before we got married, like. But, um, so our soulmate, John, would you say? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, um, I, I was lucky that I had that amount of time with Mary, like, you know, she, yeah. she was, I, I was... I was in a bad shape at that particular time in my life. I was lucky enough then to meet Mary... And she put me on the right path line, and as well as that, she gave me a ready-made family.
0: Right. Right. Uh, I
1: had two lovely stepdaughters. I, ha- I had, uh, when I say had, unfortunately, Fiona passed away about two years ago. She was a lovely, Side lovely g- girl. And uh, she had a beautiful granddaughter called Katie. Katie's a beautiful, beautiful girl, so she is. And her husband is a great man too, Seamus, Seamus MacDonald. I have Una left. Una is a nurse, so she is, and uh, Una has a lovely granddaughter as well. That's, uh her name is Grace. I, ha- I I I got a ready-made family and right. two of the best girls. And I must say, my granddaughter now, my my stepdaughter, I should say, Una, she's so good to me, and it, it keeps the association with Mary. Right. But she supported me any any of these gigs or anything. That. She she was proud of me. And she always made sure it was right. I had the right costumes and things like that. If something needed to be sewn or right. anything. Looked nice. after you. Absolutely, yeah. And nice well, I, to have you. It, know man. what I mean? John, you're down in the resource centre now. I went down one day, like, oh, it's about 10, maybe 12 years ago. T- to get a form, to get a form. Now, I, I actually, I have to be honest, I didn't know what went on in the resource centre, but I was looking for a particular form. Don't ask me what type of a form it was. Someone told me, go down to the resource centre, they're sure to have them. I met Liz Fleming. She asked me, she she called me and uh, what she asked me to do or uh, get involved in, I do not know. Though that's 10 or 12 years ago right. and I haven't left it since then.
0: I had a, a nice
1: little message from Liz actually. Okay. Yeah.
0: It is. Almost every conversation with John always ends in a laugh. John has always been working with people in Clara. John is a network of our community. John links, weaves and bridges the community in Clara with a brilliant sense of humour, kindness and attention to those around him. If he notices a young person that enjoys performing, he will encourage them to perform in the St. Patrick's Day Parade. John has a phenomenal ability of bringing the best out in those around him while trusting the strength of the community to do so. The work John does in the Resource Centre has to be acknowledged. He's here for all five summer camps, youth clubs, intergeneration programme, children's Christmas parties and everything in between. Uh, John works voluntarily several days a week to keep the shop up and running that benefits uh, the entirely for the people of Clara. Whatever John does, it has a subtle r- ripple effect in our community. Sure, he only came in the centre looking for a form one day and he still hasn't found a door.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, nice, yeah. though. Yeah, that's nice. Thanks, Liz. Thanks a lot. Yeah, Liz, yeah, yes. Yeah. So I go on very well with Liz. Um, there are a great bunch of people down there. Like, you know, Liz is there, Sinead, Rose Toohey, uh, Alice, Sheena and Pat Kelly. And then you had the gang. There's a gang in the shop. I have to mention them, lot like, if you don't mind, like you know. There's Una, Anna, Lisa, Jackie, Rosie, Gary, and 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 Liz Cuscoley as well. It's like a, it's like a family down there. Like and I love it down there. Like you know and. Um I'm looking
0: forward to having them on in a few weeks' time. That's great, Tell yeah. Tell us about more what they do down
1: there. Yeah, right? well, there's a lot of things. Okay, you have the resource shop, you have active Now, as you'll appreciate, there's a lot of things limited and curtailed now as to what they can do, like, you know. But, but it's a great amenity in the town. As Liz said there in her piece, uh, you have Inspire Group. that's people, girls and men get together to do creative arts and things like that. You have the men shed down there as well. You have Active Retirement. We had the summer camps and I have to... Mentioned Sinead at this point Uh, we had the summer camps normally we'd have the summer camps inside like you know for the kids different age groups and things like that but unfortunately this year due to the the COVID we couldn't do that so what we done is uh, and what Sinead organised is that we went to various housing estates with our equipment, with different games, Skittles, uh, Egg and Spoon Race, all the different games, we just went and knocked at the house and said, look guys, we're going to be out here for the next two hours if the kids are there, if they want to come out and play. So the kids that were actually there... Where the kids that were normally playing together on their own, like, and we go to a different house in the state then the following day because kids had a bad time, were having a bad time, like, you know, and they were getting peed off that there was nothing for them to do. So it was just good for them, like.
0: (coughs) Sadly, we're running out of time. Time is is upon us. We might have to come back for a part two or a part
1: three. (laughs) (laughs) I know
0: we're probably leaving out some stuff, but I'd like to do a quick fire round, John. Okay, you might have heard it on the other podcasts. Yeah, I, cool. hope, I, I hope you've been listening uh, in now.
1: Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. Don't yeah, just tell yeah. me that. No, no, but uh, <laughs> what do you win, Lloyd?
0: <laughs> It'll be revealed at the end. <laughs> I'm going to have an adjudication panel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right, Johnny, ready for the quick fire round? Yeah, get a drink <laughs> out of that. Good. There we go. What actor would play you in a film? Liam Neeson. First thing you'd buy if you won the lotto? Uh, a cottage on the Aran Islands. Drama or comedy? Uh, comedy. Best thing about Clara? Ah, uh, the people and the atmosphere. If you could erect a statue in Clara, of what or who would it be? J-Lo.
1: That's <laughs> Jennifer Lopez.
0: <laughs> first movie you've ever seen? Backdraft, I think it was. Fair City or Row? None of them. If you had a stage name, what would it be? The Chancer. Robert De Niro or Daniel Day-Lewis? Daniel Day-Lewis. And the last one, John, the first person you'd thank after winning an Academy Award?
1: I'd, I'd have to thank my wife up in heaven. That's lovely, John. That's it. For yeah
0: John, advice for the younger generation, briefly, if you had any
1: you, yeah, you heard this before people saying there's not enough things in Clara, and there's nothing to do in Clara, like you know there's plenty to do, unfortunately, we're restricted now at this time, but like there's plenty of activities down in the resource center there's plenty of organizations in clara, there's no lack of organizations you have the GEA. you know you so get involved boxing. ah, yeah, get involved, like you know i I love being involved, yeah. in things like yeah. you know and. That's the way it goes, like, Thanks, you Sean. know. John, have any regrets in life? That I didn't get a longer lifespan with my wife, that I didn't have more time to spend with my wife, and that uh, Fiona's not around and Marion's not around. Um, it would have been a good family. But having said that, I was lucky with what I got. Yeah. And I have to thank God I was lucky in that respect, you know. Thanks, John. Nice know, word. If I might say something, like, and I think it's an honour, and I, I want to say that it's an honour for me that you've dedicated this podcast to uh, to John who's recently departed, and may I offer myself for myself to yourself, Lied, to Celine, uh, to Marie as well. I've had the pleasure of meeting, and to, uh, to all your family, my deepest sympathy to you all. Thank you, John, on your bereavement. Thank you very much, and thanks again, and John. Would, John would have loved this podcast because oh, it was a
0: bit of fun. Yeah, He'd absolutely. he could
1: have, could have been sitting beside me, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely.
0: John it was a pleasure to have you on the podcast uh, please keep up all the work you do for, for Clara later. and the community, it's it's, it's fantastic yeah. and I look forward to for you um, keeping, also thanking me in your Academy Award as well
1: Oh yeah absolutely, <laughs> but keep up, you, you deserve an award so you do Light. So, <laughs> thanks John, dare. take care Light. appreciate it Thank you This podcast is brought to you by Midland Saxon Covers, Clara County Offaly. We make custom covers for any requirement or project. Screen printing service is also available.
3: Find us at MidlandSaxonCovers.ie.
1: You just listened to What's the Story with Lloyd Bracken? Check out all our social channels for info on new episodes. Oh, and thanks for listening. On the town.